Welcome to episode 73 of The Ordinary Knitter, the knitting podcast that's mostly about the projects. Find it on iTunes or Acast, or subscribe via the feed link on the right-hand bar. My name is Heather, and I'm at The Ordinitter on Twitter, at The Ordinary Knitter on Instagram, and Ordinary Knitting on Ravelry. This week, produce bags, exfoliating mitts, and the role of knitting in life, sponsored by Ecoflap Home Draft Proofing Products designed and built in the UK, including the draft-proof pet flap pet door. Find out more at thepetflap.com. The Energy Efficiency Podcast is available at podcast.ecoflap.co.uk and through Apple Podcasts. Where does knitting sit in your life? Do you knit for a living, to relax, or to make everyday items for your home and family? Or all three? I don't knit for a living, but I can say yes to the others. And sometimes it feels like a blessed refuge, others just too mind-bending. This is one reason why I hadn't knitted with much passion for a few months, until I started some socks a couple of months ago. No knitting equals no podcast, but now my mojo is creeping back, and my needles clack once again. Sometimes, when life's full on, it's blissful to mentally clear the decks for an hour or two and carry on with a knitting project. I'm sure I'm not the first person to refer to it as mental yoga. At other times, I don't have the mental energy and I don't want to do, if you know what I mean. At those moments, I want to shut my eyes, listen to a podcast and give my brain a complete break. If you've listened to this pod for a while, you'll know that I put a fair bit of research into choosing the pattern and yarn for bigger projects, and I just hadn't felt the urge to do that since the hat knitting for my friend came to an end. I'd bought yarn, I'd identified patterns, I made four hats, and then we were getting into sort of March, and the moment was beginning to pass. But I have a cupboard full of stash and odds and sods, the ends of yarn that didn't need all of it. So I decided to make my husband some remnant socks. I'd already made one pair last year, and they're a bit loud, but they're fine. And these are the ones, you might recall, uh, I thought the project was really flying along, and that was great. Then I realised I was uh, on needles that were half a millimetre too big, which is why it was moving so much faster than I was expecting. But um, I was able to rescue it, and I decided I would just make another pair of socks you know I've ended up with well he's ended up with two extra pairs of socks just out of the remnants of yarn I'd already bought to buy socks it's a bit of a no-brainer really especially if it doesn't matter if your socks look like a kid's lolly with five different colours on them so I got so far and I kind of got a bit stuck as you know from previous pods miles of rib is not my favorite thing but when you're making socks it's inescapable and my husband had asked once or twice if the if the rib the, well it the rib the cuff could actually be longer on some of his socks because he wears boots in the winter and he finds they were beginning to sort of you know uh, they sag and then they go under your heel as a pain so um I didn't have any choice if you see what I mean in the nicest possible way if I was going to make them I was going to make them in a way that he wanted so I kind of got a bit uh I like being it felt like being standing at the foot of a mountain which is just pathetic but I just couldn't 
get my brain around all this rib and then I got irritated with myself and actually made a point of just getting it done um because I was using up remnants I actually used up all the four ply sock yarn and I'm making that distinction because when I first started knitting socks I didn't realize that not all four ply was sock yarn I didn't realize that some of it wasn't strong enough for instance so uh, I know it's a little bit different on the cuff because it's not getting the tread on it in the same way but I still decided I would stick to uh the tougher yarns so I resorted to some five ply for the last part of the rib and because I knit two at a time it does at least mean that this section is equal on each sock and actually that bit has come out very well it felt nice to knit with it looks like it behaves well on the cuff so I'm going to make some more five ply socks um, I have lots of a lovely green five ply that I picked up at a charity do and I think they'll make splendid winter socks and I had um, another need to get something going fast I needed a corset for a steampunk do we aren't really steampunkers but it looks fun my husband has the beard and I have the hair so we decided to go to a do at Hereford Waterworks Museum I don't know what your mental picture is now but it's all the old steam engines that used to provide Hereford with its water we cobbled together costumes apart from the kilts that I bought for my husband and son and I needed a corset to go with the surprisingly appropriate skirt and shirt that I had I think of myself as a jeans and a polo shirt kind of person but it's surprising what I can find in my wardrobe when needs must I chose Christine's corset a free Ravelry download it's a simple pattern and I made it in the lilac marl five ply that I've got 25 tons of. Uh, doubled up, it makes a structurally strong Aran equivalent and it worked surprisingly well on the day with tartan ribbon for the lacing and the colour worked with the skirt I wore and our tartan. If we go to something we have our eye on for October, I'm going to make some long fingerless gloves to match. If you're into steampunk stuff, there are pages of patterns on Ravelry. That project in particular got my knitting cogs whirring again as I got back into that headspace that said I can knit the things I need, I can use those skills and benefit from the results. I had fallen into the trap of viewing projects as another job I had to see to and wrap my head round. When things pile up I get into that mindset very fast. Nothing's fun. It's all just a giant tick list to get through. It's a purely negative situation and is my current work on. I don't think I've got a photo of me in the corset, but I might get one taken this weekend because I was pleased with it once I'd sorted out the foul up that I made first time with the lacing holes. Looking at my Ravelry page, and by the way, good on your Ravelry, right behind you there, I haven't kept it updated, so I'll put some work in on that. My 10-year-old is elsewhere this weekend, so I have time to play with. So I found a pattern for toe up five ply socks but I haven't started it yet because just lately I have been dedicating myself to produce bags. I don't skip from grocer to baker with my basket over my arm, I go to the supermarket like everyone else but I do avoid plastic wrapping where feasible. This takes many forms and hasn't come together overnight but buying loose fruit and veg is an obvious step. The problem I have is that I can't carry six apples at once and I often end up dropping one, so to speak. Then at the self-service tills, if I have to put them on the bagging scale in two lots, the till squawks at me because it thinks I've tried to sneak on an item I haven't paid for. Produce bags are the answer. 
I made one before in February last year, but because it's just the one and I have about 20 shopping bags in the car boot, I never have it to hand. It is never in the bags I have with me. I decided to make a few more as the obvious solution and use up Aaron odds and ends. And it really helps um, in this case that gauge is, in my opinion, utterly unimportant for these projects. So you can use up what you have and tweak the pattern if you need to. I should make the distinction here between shopping bags and produce bags. I'm not making a bag to sling over your shoulder or hang off your arm, take round town and fill with purchases. The ones I'm making are just for holding loose fruit and veg together for containment purposes in your trolley and going through the till. Ideally, they're sufficiently light that you won't be charged extra for your produce or upset the all-seeing bagging scale. The main distinction is in size and attachment or not of a handle. My favourite pattern is Jackie's goodie bag. It's designed to have a handle, but as that's added at the end, it's easy to leave it out. This is a bag with a simple yarn over element for extra stretch and a seed stitch band at the top. It's designed to be knitted top down, but even though I use the supposedly foolproof method of knitting the seed stitch band rows flat, then joining to knit in the round, the idea being it's much easier to spot and prevent any twisting as you join when you've got that thicker bit of knitting to look at, I still twisted the bloody thing. So I made a change of tack. I decided instead to cast on with Judy's Magic Cast On, which is designed for sock toes and is the one I always, without fail, use for sock toes. This gives you a seamless base to the bag. While the work is in progress, it looks like a mitten or a giant sock, but as soon as you have produce in the bag, that base will flatten out. So I've done that, casting on with half the required number of stitches and working alternate increase and knit rounds exactly like a sock toe increase. That gets you up to the, the normal required number of cast on stitches. And I began the pattern at that point. And whether you're going for the base up or the top down, it doesn't matter. The pattern works out just as well. I made a small version of this a couple of weeks ago, managing to join without twisting in that case, using just five ply and small needles of 3.5mm, something like that. Uh, I didn't keep records because it really couldn't be less important. That will be ideal for 10 mushrooms. That used up a bit more of the lake of lilac five ply from Aldi, and I'm currently doing another of Jackie's goodie bags in a 10 ply, uh, the Lily, lovely Lily sugar and cream twists that I bought to make a hat and sleep sack for my cousin's baby last summer. There wasn't an awful lot left over and there certainly won't be enough to make the whole project. So when it runs out, I'll move on to the Sirdar cotton rich Aran that I bought to make Pearl Soho's evening shrug three years ago. The colours will go lovely, go, go well together. They're lovely, sort of cheerful, reddish, yellow, orangey colours, quite sort of foodie colours really. Really. Um, and this is the one just now that I've started bottom up. I know Jackie's goodie bag is a reliable pattern, but I thought I should try something else too. So I found Tia Stansfield's reusable projects, pro la la la, Tia Stansfield's reusable produce bag. This has far more yarn over action and a longer repeat than Jackie's goodie bag, not one I can keep in my head this time, and it does up with a ribbon, which is probably straying slightly into twee territory for me and I'll likely not actually do that. It's a pick up and knit construction with picking up around the edges of a section you've knitted flat. I don't usually rate my skills in pick up and knit, but this was a good practice project as it's not going to bother the onions if the bag base is slightly lumpy. 
from the picking up, you naturally then knit in the round. Um, I found I had extra stitches once or twice, probably because I was adding in a yarn over at the start or end of a round without noticing. And I dropped stitches here and there too. And as I picked them up, that would have skewed the stitch count. In the end, this pattern is just a little too involved for me, but it was interesting to try it. And that's not to give a negative review in the slightest. It just doesn't suit my style as well as Jackie's goodie bag. Do you get dry skin? That's a personal question. No need to answer. But suffice to say, I do. And as I head towards 50, it isn't improving. And I've gone back to using a body brush before showering, something I always used to do pre-children. Once showering became something I could do at my own pace and in private again, I'd got out of the habit, but I've restarted it. I need to exfoliate here and there too. And I realised this morning that I have scratchy five-ply that I could make into an exfoliating mitt. I haven't looked for a pattern, but really it's just a square mitten, so I don't need a pattern. But I'll look through patterns though, because why wouldn't you? And I might see something different. I've used this scratchy five-ply for a washing up cloth with balls and it does the job, so my shins had better look out. Because I haven't been knitting much, the knitting corner of my office has got a bit piled up and the other day I decided to tackle it. I discovered a needle and notion holder my son had made for me out of old cardboard boxes a little while ago now. It was very sweet of him, but it was more sellotape than box, so I made the hard decision to get rid of it. I have drawers and cupboards full of his creations, but this one just didn't make the cut. It rattled though, so I looked deep within and found needles I thought I'd lost. I knew I had some lovely Nipro Nova Cubics that had gone astray, I just couldn't think where, so I was really delighted, and I found a few other odds and ends as well. But karma is at work, because I can now find only one of another pair of Nipro interchangeables that I had taken out of this thing, and I suspect I accidentally slung one out with the holder, so there we go, it's my just desserts. It's been really lovely to feel like talking about knitting again. I even took my knitting with me to sports day yesterday, so I think we're motoring again. I'll be back when I'm back, and I hope that's soon. I'm amazed and thrilled that people are still listening to the podcast when it's six months between episodes, and that made me feel it was worth putting out this episode. And I hope you'll join me next time too. Bye! <laughs>